You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is Rick Ivanovich. Did I say that right, Rick? Yeah, you did, Jim. Thanks. Wow. I mean, I'm, uh, well, Rick, you obviously, I don't know if you went to public school, but you have a lot of education. You have a lot of experience. When I look at uh, Master Qualified Business Coach, but then I look at your bio and your experience in China, Singapore, Switzerland, Vietnam, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty impressed if you just visited those places, but you uh, have been working in 39 different countries and um, have been on a lot of different boards and you have a lot of different business experience that you're bringing to your coaching. And I know your background as an accountant has helped you kind of make that pivot to this, to coaching. We really want to get into that and how that experience has helped you and how you uh, translate the things that you're doing now with your background and your experience. But uh, just give the audience a little little bit of an introduction to yourself, Rick. Yeah, thank, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for that, um, uh, Jim, and thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, um, thank you for being here. So, if I was reading, you know, again, I come from corporate. I'm a bean counter. Sorry, or oh, I'm not. I'm not really apologising. I, I like being a bean counter. Uh, you said I got a lot of credentials. Yeah, um, I'm a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants. That's SEMA. Okay, that's from the UK. I'm a CPA Australia. That's a CPA. We know what they are. And we love them in the States, don't we? Yeah. Right. <laughs> as well as I'm a Chartered Global Management Accountant, a CGMA. I know that's a mouthful. All right, and you might be wondering, we've never heard of these things apart from the CPA thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But we've heard of CPAs in the States, right? And in the States, the largest accounting body is the AICPA. That's the Association of the CPAs, right? They joined with SEMA from the UK mm. and combined, they make this glorious combination and put together nearly a million accountants. You know, it's, it's a very large number. Okay, so that's where all the credentials are coming from. I also do run a company, um, which is a professional services company, or to put it another way, is we implement cloud-based ERP systems. Mm. We do a bunch of other stuff as well, um, like we do some outsourcing, but primarily for the last 30 years, uh, we've been implementing accounting systems. Now, you mentioned that I've been, you know, <laughs> been in a lot of different places, and it's, it would be nice just to visit them, let alone work there. Yeah, how did that sort of happen? Yeah. Well, well, to me, sort of life happened. It just happened. Okay. And uh, I know you talk about breakaway. Okay. Let, you can call it breakaway. You can call it transformation. Uh, I just call it life. You know, I actually started uh, stacking shelves in the supermarket because wow. I was learning the ropes of people management as a management trainee in a supermarket chain in the UK. Didn't do so well in those final exams at school, so didn't get through the door of getting into a university. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I ended up going into supermarkets. And then after a while, 
I realized my brain wasn't functioning very well. I was sort of brain dead. And for whatever reason, I can't even remember why, I decided to become an accountant. Mm. <laughs> you know, this was back in the ooh, early 80s. And then I progressed through there and later navigated the more evolving or rapidly evolving landscape of technology and getting into people, humans, as I call them. I like calling them humans. <laughs> uh, and so re really my, my story or this journey um, is a bit eclectic, uh, and it demonstrates what I think is the transformative power of continuous learning and impact that each each one of us can make. And this is something that's a little bit, it's a core belief, something I hold quite dear. Uh, and, and that is, I believe that each one of us, you, you, Jim, all of your listeners, and even people who aren't even listening yet, I believe we all have the potential to be the architect, the architect of change. And this is important because things are moving pretty quickly these days, and our task isn't just to keep up, but we need to shape our way forward. Because if we're not shaping our way forward, then we're just being dragged along and, you know, we're just being, you know, maybe, maybe a rock at the bottom of the river just being thrown around as the river's running, okay? But we, we, we want to steer the course because I really believe that each action that we take, and it doesn't matter how big it is, it doesn't matter how small it is, it will shape our future, okay? So as we do this discussion today as you steer it whichever way you are going to steer it and i have no idea where you're going to take the discussion i want everybody listening to remember this you are your brand and every single decision that you make is part of your own unique story that you are crafting for yourself how you react how you adapt how you innovate in the face of change and whatever life and the world and the economy is throwing at us will define your story and it will define your legacy. So this belief, you know, inspiring each one of us for to aim consistently for higher achievement is a bit of a cornerstone of my work. It's it's really my my life purpose. So as we go into the conversation today, let's not just think about adapting to change, but how we can define it. Okay? After all, when we embrace these unique qualities we all have, and we are all unique, we are not the same, all seven or however many people there are in the world, billion uh, uh, people on the planet, you know, as we strive for this personal growth, we are not just participants, but we are catalysts in this ever-changing, what I call business as unusual world. So Which let's I get really started like. to have at it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really like, uh, and I like your book uh, that you have on your site, Business as Unusual. And um, because I think that, you know, when I look over my 30 some years of being in business, I think that I didn't do anything really in, in the uh, traditional way. I always say that I'm unemployable. So I know I, I wouldn't be able to get a job with BP or somebody like that because I'm I've never had an interview where I actually got the job. So uh, not oh, that I've no. had that many interviews like that, but I, I guess it was a, a godsend because I didn't want a job. When you talk about being the architect, to me, the architect is in control of the result. 
And so talk about that a little bit, Rick, on maybe what you see and maybe mistakes that you see or people just that they get stuck and they just live their lives. Like, like what does it take to be the architect to take control? That's a great, a great question. Going back to, um, you know, uh, you, you've never been uh, uh, given the job that you've been interviewed for. Uh, maybe that's not such a bad thing because maybe they were all the wrong jobs. I agree. You know, you, thank you, goodness. I'm I'm glad <laughs> I didn't get that secure, safe job when I was in my 20s that I kind of wanted. Mm. You know, it was always eat what you mm. kill, and mm. um, and you know what that has served me well over time. Yeah, I, I think it has. I'm going to pick up on that because you, that secure, safe job. Let's have a look at the environment today that we live in. How secure and how safe is employment anyway. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, how many people today in, in the late, in the latest generation believe in job for life. Okay. I'm a baby boomer. Okay. So I believed in job for life. Uh, later yeah. generations didn't necessarily do that. You know, this great resignation, the great insert word, insert the word you want to use is people shuffling around. So they're obviously dissatisfied with this job for life thing. There was something not quite right with where they are or why they did it. <laughs> Maybe right. they were one of those people. Maybe were they were a you, Jim, you know, 20 years ago, and they did get the interview and they stayed in that job. Yeah. Okay, and they regret it now. So oh, I want to be like Jim. <laughs> I want to quit. Anyway, let's go back to the architect thing. So on the architect thing, I believe the, you know, the, the concept I'm looking at here is we need to actively, okay, and, th and that's, that's a key word, being active about it, not passive about it. We need, and an architect designs stuff. They shape stuff. They're shape, you know, so being the architect of change is you need to actively design and shape your life rather than simply reacting to it or passively accepting the change and just, being pulled along, going with the flow, whatever, okay? So just maybe picture in your mind right now that if you're the architect of, let's say, a building, let's not just think about what does the building look like, you know, what, what function is the building supposed to fulfill, but let's go beyond that and envision, envision what not just the immediate needs of that building, but in a much broader context, as in, How's it going to impact the environment? How's it going to impact the society? Okay. What other functional factors, uh, uh, you know, do we have to think about? And so not just designing a structure. Hey, we want, you know, a hotel or an office block or whatever it is, but to go beyond that and, and try and elevate them. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, well, I read a report the other day. What's that? a million square feet or whatever it is of free office space, make an office space in the States today, because in the aftermath, if we are in the aftermath of COVID and people being blocked out of their offices and people having to go virtual and now work from home or hybrid or whatever they are, we now have these empty offices, okay? Well, they were only ever envisaged to be used as an office. Right. Oops. <laughs> What are we going to do with them now? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we, we see it around us in, you know, in the environments that we're in, you know, 
when we see ourselves and we're going to architect ourselves, we're going to be very, very proactive about it. Otherwise, we could be an empty office building. <laughs> right. Okay? So yeah. we've we got to envision the future that we desire and crafting a strategic plan to get there. So it's a little bit, you know, where, where are we going? Well, you know, it's a bit, I like the mall map analogy. If we are here, the big red dot, we're here. That's great. But where are we going? Well, we're going over there and we can map our path. If we don't know where we're going, then it doesn't really matter which way we go. No. We have to really think about, you know, do we want to be that architect? Do we wish to be the more proactive, active participant in our own life? Or are we going to just leave it up to someone else that isn't us? Yeah. No, I, I like that. And you know what? There's something in the books that you've written. You have luminary leadership. So to me, um, mm. that's kind of like looking at a vision, you know, like like thinking like and, and being enlightened. I mean, I, I haven't read the book, but it, to me, that's the message of the, the title. Mm. Then it's Habits of Success, right? There's another yeah. book that you wrote. And then, you know, then you have coaching in there. And then you have some mm -hmm. other things on, like that kind of help you get along the way, like habits and commitment. And you have a, a book, Game On, Leaders Who Last. So that to me, that means, and again, I haven't read any of these books, but mm -hmm. when I just look at the title, I start to envision you showing people this amazing future that they can be the architect of. And then you have all the stuff in there that I always think as somebody who's 58 years old and have created vision and worked toward that vision and hit obstacles and had transformation and then have to adjust and all those things. I mean, I, to me, when I just look at the titles of your book, I can see the pattern and everything else. So I want you to talk about when I, when you look at coaching, and, and I can tell you're passionate about helping people, Rick. And um, where do you find, like, you, know, you know that old saying, you meet people where they are. Where are most people when you find them or when you start to engage and work with them? That's a really, really great question. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been working uh, recently uh, with one of my coaches who's, because um, every coach needs a coach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just have several of them. <laughs> um, wow. Really looking at who should I be coaching? Yeah. Okay? Not, not who can I coach. I know who I can coach, but who do I want to coach? Yeah. And because, because my real desire, longer term desire is I want to coach who I want, when I want, for whatever price I want. Okay. I like that. You can call that for a coach that that's, that's a bit of financial freedom, isn't it? So if I'm going to coach for free, I'm going to coach for free. If I want to charge for it, I'm going to charge for it. If I don't want to coach that person because I don't like them, I'm not going to coach them. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I would rather coach somebody I really want to coach in an environment that I want to coach them and they want to be coached in. So anyway, going back to your, your actual question, where do I meet the person? In the reflection I've been doing of who am I really coaching and, and who do I want to coach, I've realized the people that I want to coach um, is, is sort of one of the, 
one of the reasons why I, I wrote this latest book, Business as Unusual, because the, the final push, the tipping point to make me actually do it, okay, uh, was COVID, mm. okay? Because I'm here in Vietnam. I was in Vietnam during COVID. And uh, when they shut the place down, they shut the place down. Right. <laughs> you know, for those people who don't know what it was like here, at one point in time, you could only leave your home, as in walk out your front door, if you had a permit. Wow. Okay. And we, and we could go out a few times a week to go to designated places where we can buy stuff. And then it got even worse at a later point in time where you weren't allowed at all and food was being delivered to you by the military. Okay. Wow. That didn't work very well because there are 10 million people in this city and it doesn't matter how big your military is, it's going to break down within about a nanosecond, which it did. Well, a bit longer than that. So, confined to quarter, should we say, confined to home, changed absolutely everything. And I started writing. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, you know, why? Because I was speaking to so many people and you listen to the media and all of that. And says, when, when this is over, we'll get back to normal. When this is over, we'll get back to normal. So the assumption there is that it will be over soon, <laughs> sooner rather than later, and everything will go back to the way it used to be. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. That, that is unbelievable. That's just not going to happen at all. Okay. Get over that. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so I was getting fed up with the, we're going to, the new normal, uh, and there's nothing normal about it. And that's why I came up with a business that's unusual. And, and yeah. what I was finding as the months turned into more than months and turned into a year and even more than a year, I was finding that, I, I, I guess the analogy is pre-COVID, we went to the office. This is very stereotypical. We're in a cube. <laughs> We're the hamster in the wheel, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going around in circles. We're not going anywhere. But we accept it. It became acceptable. COVID came along and they took away the office. They threw our cube away. <laughs> they threw the hamster wheel away. And now we're really confused. We're not even going around in a circle. We don't even know where we're going. So it's been like, to me, it's like being lost in a maze. So it always reminded me of that scene in the Alice in Wonderland, right? Where Alice asked the Cheshire cat, okay, which way do I go? And the cat said something like, well, that depends on where you want to go. And Alice says, well, I don't really much care. I don't know. And then the cat says, well, it really doesn't matter which way you go then, does it? I'm a, and yeah, no, so what great. did all that mean? If you have no direction, then of course you're going nowhere. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you're going nowhere, it doesn't matter which direction that you go in. And I feel that this is one of the roots of this great resignation, great reshuffle. We don't know what the point is anymore. Okay, yeah. I used to come to the office, but I can't go there anymore. And, you know, I like going there. And we've just adopted this hybrid or work from home thing. And I hate it because I want to go and see my friends. Right. Okay? So yeah. that no longer fits me. I've got to get out of that. I feel uncomfortable. Or, you know, even if you like that, what is the point? Yeah. What is yeah. our policy? You know, what's our culture? It's all unusual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the jury's still out because 
And if you look for what's the best practice of handling this, well, I don't know. The world doesn't know. We've only been at it for a few years, and we haven't worked right. it out yet. And other things keep happening. If it's not COVID, it's a war. If it's not a war, it's economic difficulty. It's inflation. Wow, all these changes being thrown at us. It's so easy to be overwhelmed and say, I don't know, I give up. And so this is why it's, uh, I thought, this is terrible. People, people are stuck. In other words, they're stuck. Okay. And maybe it's an overwhelm. It's so many things coming at us that there's no prior experience to follow. There's no one saying, Hey, come over here and go in this direction. It's like every man or every person for themselves. And they, and, and a lot of people or many people have, have never experienced that before. Maybe you're, you're great, Jim. You, you, you know, you've been independent of all, all these companies and things like, yeah, you, you, you're, you, you are your own boss. What's the problem? Right. You know, but for everyone else, Hey, we got to suddenly learn a whole lot of stuff very, very quickly. And so this is why I, I, I started writing the book because I thought, Hey, I've been through some of this stuff before working in all these places and working, you know, building up the companies that, that I've, I've, I've built. They're not overnight successes and there's probably a, <laughs> a trail of failures. Uh, but as you get old, you can call it wisdom, but you know, it's really trial and error. <laughs> I know where I went wrong and I don't want to wish that on other people. Not when I know what the answer is. I know what works for me. But having decades of education and, and working and experience, I've learned lots of styles, management style, leadership style. It, it seems to change periodically, right? It's, it keeps yeah. changing. Okay. Uh, before, you know, uh, we had the command and control thing, and then we've gone into, you know, servant leadership. Uh, now we have coaching leadership. There's even VUCA leadership. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of different acronyms uh, to cover it, and they're similar, but but they're also different. Okay, so so do we all cookie cut to say, oh, that one works for me? No, the the I think the the truth is is that as you go through them, you cherry pick that works for me, that one doesn't. That bit works for me, and that bit works for me, and and that's what you do as you get older, right? This worked, yeah. this worked, that didn't, that didn't. You learn through trial and error, and you end up using the things that work <laughs> and avoiding yeah. the things that you know don't work. Yeah. Okay? So I built models and tools, and I stuck them in the books, and I talked about them. But what I also did in this latest book, I thought, what's the point of saying, hey, everybody, this is how you do it? No, that's the wrong thing. I'd say, this is what I think we should do. This is what works for me. And by the way, to get to this conclusion, here were five things that I tried. I've synthesized them. Try all of them anyway. You, you might come up with something else. So hit, hit, learn from my successes and my failures and why I built it like this. And this is where it come from. And you might see something else that I didn't see that is more relevant to you. So I'm not saying I have the solution. I say I have a solution. I have a framework of how to look through things, and since there is no one-size-fit-all, it's super flexible, and I'm giving you, you know, toolboxes and toolboxes, and you can pick and choose whatever you want. I love that. You know, the, the, I think that that's 
again, when you look at somebody with your background and you look at all the things that you've done and also the capacity that, I mean, in, uh, that you've served in as, like you say, a bean counter, right? Is if you ever notice a lot of companies when they promote someone to CEO, a lot of times it's from the bean counters, right? Because the, that, that department works with all of these other departments and it has to understand the numbers for each department, the, the P&Ls, like, like you said, you have to understand it all. And people, sometimes when you think of accountant, you think of the person that prepares your taxes and fills out a black and white form. But that's not what your background is and your background of running these companies and assisting these companies. So when I tell people, here's how you should run your life, I think you should run your personal life like a business. I have a personal P&L every month and I look at it and I go, okay, this month was a good month this month, but it has <laughs> every expense, every profit center, and I own parts of over 30 companies. So I wanna know, what's coming in, what didn't come in, what, you know, all that stuff. And I think that what I love about what you said is a lot of times coaches in particular say, I have this system, you will follow this system, this is great. But because you have experience, because you can be more fluid in your coaching, I really like that. And, and somewhere along the line, like you said, I mean, I don't know how somebody can do what I do that's 25 years old because I have this experience. They think they might have even a better theory than me on how to do it, but they haven't actually done it yet. Maybe they have it at 25, but uh, they'd be very <laughs> exceptional. But um, so along the way, people give us advice, Rick. So um, as we start to wind down here a little bit, and I really like it, I would encourage everyone to go to Rick's website. And uh, Rick, what's your website? Because I have it pulled up, but I... It's rickivanovich.com. It's very, very creative. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> really, really. I had to think really hard for there that. There wasn't another Rick Ivanovich? <laughs> Actually, is there another Google one? the name uh -oh. and see if you can find anyone else on the planet with the same name. I like it. And you may be very, very surprised that there is only one. There's, I like that. Because you know what? I want jimoliver.com, but guess what? There's some... <laughs> musician that I've never, I mean, his music is kind of boring, but I mean, there's some musician, jimoliver.com. So um, until he dies, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So Rick, what's the best advice that you learned either early on or yesterday? What's the best advice somebody ever gave you? Ooh, if I can only pick one piece of advice, it was later on. And in fact, it was only in the last two years. <laughs> okay. Prior to that, there were other bits of advice, but here's, here's something. I was doing my chief master coach certification, and I had the privilege of being coached by Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who's renowned as, you know, the number one coach in the world. In fact, he's so brilliant. They've even taken him out of the competitions because he keeps winning. He's mm. getting voted number one. So they put him on his own pedestal. <laughs> so they don't have to do that. So anyway, he did, he did a, a live coaching on, on me. And we only talked literally before it was recorded live in front of the 
the rest of the class, as it were, for five minutes. Okay, he knew nothing about me. Okay, and then when he the go button was turned on, he must have hit every single one of my raw nerves <laughs> within minutes. He knew exactly how I tick. Okay, yeah. and the, wow. the advice that he gave me. And the advice that he gives everyone, actually, because it's not unique, he says, just let it go. Just let, let it go. go. I like that. Don't react to it. Just let it go. You know, someone wronged you. Just let it yeah. go. It's really hard to do. If you're not used to doing it, it's really, really hard to do. And the reason why I think it's, it's the best advice ever because we're talking about being an architect of change, shaping our own future, all right? Or, you know, which means that we need to change, we need to transform, which means we need to let go. If we can't let go, how can we grow? <laughs> if we can't let go, how can we change? If yeah. we can't let go, how can we adopt new and better habits and let go of the bad habits? Because yeah, you can't it. stop a habit. You can only replace it with another habit. Okay? Yeah. So that's the best advice I've ever received. Learn to let it go. Uh, I love and I try it. and I practice that every day. Not there yet. <laughs> things yeah. still wind me up. But uh, it's one of the things we have to do in order to grow, in order to transform. I love it. I love it. Okay, last question, Rick, is if you could only retain the knowledge from one book that you've ever read, what would that book be? Okay, a real published book. The one that really, really resonates with me is a book from uh, Jeff Olson called The Slight Edge. Okay? Slight it's Edge. The Slight Edge. It's a, and it's basically a bit of a philosophy on how, how to uh, approach things and, and their and there are various steps, uh, seven steps to it. But in that book, it is talking about change. And it's saying, you know, change is, change is hard. It's saying, but for something to be better, you need to change to be better. And, and the problem with change is we have to decide to do it or not to do it. And the biggest problem is what's easy to do is also easy not to do. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And, and so what we're looking at is we need to make more of the right choices longer term than making the wrong choices. It's a really, really simple one. We get up in the morning and we brush our teeth. Does it make any difference if we didn't do it today? Absolutely no. <laughs> no difference. Whether we do it today or we don't do it today, it's such a small thing, it's not very relevant. But what yeah. if we fail to do it day after day after day and a year or two's gone by and we haven't been brushing our teeth every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might have a little bit of a problem and people might be <laughs> holding their nose around us, uh, you know, and your teeth are falling out. Dentists will love you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that mess, very, right? very little thing. So by making those right choices, it's going to put you on that upwards trajectory. Yep. If you make the wrong choices, you're going to go on the downwards trajectory. Okay. I love it. And, and it's, it's this, you know, it, it's linked to, um, you know, momentum, persistence, compound interest, all of those things. You know, you do this one little tiny improvement today and you do that every single day after a long enough period of time. Wow. That's a big, big impact. If you're talking about wealth, 
Yeah. If you're going to be, if you put put aside a hundred bucks a month, or even ten bucks a month, so right, you know, a, a couple of cups of coffee. You do that month after month after month after a long enough period of time, especially if you put it into an interest-bearing account. That's going to be worth something. Yeah. If you spend that ten bucks every day on whatever you spend it on, then you'll have nothing after that long period of time. You know, I love these it. are very, very simple, tiny disciplines, but they move the needle long term. Yeah. You know what, Rick? Those two things at the end are gold and worth and worth the 30 minutes of somebody listening to this. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. You know, and as we wrap up is I really like the sequence of your books on your website. And I would encourage everybody to go and and check it out because you could spend a few hours reading these books and you can get 40 years of experience in a few hours and then you can engage with Rick and see if you're a good fit because you know it's just like if you're a professional golfer finding the best coach it might take a you know you have to you have to talk to somebody you got to be open you got to be vulnerable you got to let people know what you're looking for what you're not good at don't call a coach and tell them all the great how great you are you know tell them the things that you're not great at so audience i would recommend that you reach out Look at Rick's website, look at the books that he's written, and I'm going to get a couple of the books, and I, I would love to hack his 40 years experience. And Rick, thanks so much for being with us today, and uh, we went even a little longer. I think I could talk to you for probably another couple of hours, but uh, I'm not Joe Rogan, so people won't listen to me for two or three hours. <laughs> uh, so, Rick, thank you so much for being on the show, and um, audience, we're going to wrap this up like we always do with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>